In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpocyclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrands may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrands may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrands, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. When I write y'all, all across the USC, Compton, Watts, Bay to L.A., Pomona, California, 
the valley. We represent that killer county. So if you keeping it real on your side of your town, you tune in to Gangster Chronicles. Gangster Chronicles, we gon' tell you how it goes. If I lie, my nose will grow like Pinocchio. We gon' tell you the truth and nothing but the truth. Gangster Chronicles, this is not your average show. You're now tuned into the real. MCA, Big James, and Big Stairs. So. Strictly from the streets. Hello. We represent the James. Welcome to the Gangster Chronicles Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio and Black Effect Podcast Network. Make sure you download the iHeart app and subscribe to the Gangster Chronicles. For my Apple users, hit the purple mic on your front screen, subscribe to the Gangster Chronicles, and leave a five-star rating and comment. We'd like to welcome everyone to another episode of the Gangster Chronicles Podcast, and I'm Big Steel, and of course... Yeah, y'all know what it do. MC8 in the house. So... Not that much going on this week, outside of the obvious. Um, your boy Melly Mel, he struck a. Uh, I guess he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way with his comments on the homie show. He was on Art of Dialogue, and um, he had said something about the top fifty list. I think he said, I think I believe what he said was that Eminem wouldn't be ranked as high as he was if he wasn't a white boy, and he said that don't nobody want to rap like Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, I think he said something like. M can't be one of the top five rappers or something because he's white or some shit like that. Um, and then as far as nobody wants to rap like M or Kendrick, um, <laughs> I mean, I would say because you probably can't, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it takes a special skill to, you know, come up with wordplay. Um not that, you know, you know, saying that, you know, everybody has their own, you know, their own swagger or whatever. They own, you know, get down. And there's just some dudes that are lyrical. Some dudes, you know, create danceable hits. Some dudes just want to speak to the streets. You mm-hmm. know, you got niggas who want to party, you know. Niggas who want to pop pills and, and 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 drink and party with the girls. You know, everybody has their different lane as far as music is concerned. You always got them cats, man, who were just, you know, you looked at as just lyrical as a motherfucker. Yeah. And I don't take nothing away from them not being the average one, two, three, four. You get me kicking the door, I want some more type of bullshit. I mean, some motherfuckers have have another plateau to reach as far as who they trying to get to is with their music. Mm-hmm. And so to each his own, you know, I applaud motherfuckers who can come up with them type of songs. And let's just, you know, it, it's different, you know, rapping is rapping and then you can make songs and hip hop and shit. And Kendrick is one of my niggas who make, you know, he make music in his hip hop. Mm-hmm. Like I said, he's not just a, you know, you know, one, two, three, four type of rapper, you know, A, B, C, D, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's some dudes who want to break it down, E, M, C equals two and all that type of shit. Yeah, you know, and, that's it, very much a, and that's very much a Kendrick and an Eminem. And to your point earlier, you said that a lot of people can't rap like they do. Them dudes got ridiculous cadences. They, you know, 
they're above average, like you said. They're not on the one, two, three, four. You feel what I mean? Everybody's struggle is the same. Let's just, you know, I got into hip-hop because of the struggle of, of being from Compton in the streets, and I wanted to tell the story of what, you know, a lot of people didn't understand. Everybody's struggle is different. M's is different. Kendrick's was different. You know what I'm saying? Fucking M's is different. Melly's is different. You yeah, know? Melly's is different. Plus, Mel come from a whole different time. We period. come from a different time. So, you know what I'm saying? What you might not feel is your favorite, you know, might be to somebody the greatest. And that's what we got here, you know. That's the nature and the beauty of being able to have your own fucking opinion, you know. Mm-hmm. Um it might offend motherfuckers, but sometimes we got to learn how to just not take a lot of shit personal because, you know, you don't like some shit I don't like. I don't like some shit you don't like. I mean, that's just the way the world works. Yeah, but Everybody you, yeah. can't agree on every fucking thing. You but know what I'm saying? that's dangerous nowadays, though, because your opinion can get you in a whole lot of trouble. Like, and people just, my whole thing is, is this, um, like you said, we not always go agree on everything, no. right? But that don't mean we necessarily got to be in here fist fighting either or, you know, me disrespecting you or you disrespecting me because we don't agree on some shit, you know? And niggas take shit the wrong way sometimes, you know? And there might be some niggas who might take that, you know, real personal, you know? Um, you know, like, you know, there have been motherfuckers who have spoken up about, you know, what Mel said, you know? There's other, you know, artists who vouch for, you know, you know what they feel is, is their opinion. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's just what it is. Everybody going to have that. But it's just the way motherfuckers take shit nowadays. You get me? Um, your opinion, like you said, could could go left on a motherfucker, and they could take it real personal, and thus you will have a lot of disagreements and beefing and memes made and all kind of bullshit, you know, behind what he felt is is what he wanted to say about it. Everybody ain't going to take that route. And the thing is, he just responded to a question. You know, somebody asked him that question. He had an answer for it. And um, I got to apologize to him because I called him a hater at first. Mm-hmm. You know, Kendrick the homie or whatever. But, of course. But that was his opinion. Yeah. And when I, you know, read more into it, you know, with a little less emotion into it. you know, Right, because that's the route. You know what I'm saying? Especially if a, if a motherfucker's speaking on, you know, somebody that's, you know, you familiar with, you cool with, you know his people, you know, everybody gonna take that. Just like, you know, at the time when the motherfucker said, fuck Compton in the raps and shit. We take that shit personal. Mm-hmm. So, um, but on that note, you know, it's a question he was asked and he felt like, hey, you know, I'm I'm one of the pioneers of hip hop, you know. I was there when it started, you know, and then he could feel like, you know, if it wasn't for me, a lot of cats wouldn't even be rapping because I started this shit and what evolved into it 50 years later. So, he has a strong opinion about, you know, feeling how he feel about the so-called list. And like I said, that's just one person's opinion too or a few whoever decided to make up the list. Can't take it personal, because your list could be different than what somebody else say, you know? But the thing is, when you get to talking about who the best rap reels, that's like, that don't been barbershop fodder for as long as we can remember. 
you know, people arguing about who the best rapper is. You know, back in the day, he used to beat was it LL or Cool Mo D. You feel what I mean? Right. And then it comes up today, they may say, who's the best rapper? Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole. It's so much, it's open to everybody's different opinion, dog. Everybody's different interpolation. You know what I mean? They may, you know, I hear some stuff sometimes today where somebody will say, well, this is the new lyrical, you know, the new super lyrical cat. You listen to him, I might not think that much of him. But the other person may think he amazing. Exactly. You feel what I'm saying? I might hear him be like, man, I don't understand this shit. It's, it's like me and Glasses had this debate, and this was no disrespect to nobody. Um, He told me that he thought Snoop Dogg was a better rapper than Busta Rhymes. Okay. Now, I can see where he may think, you know, Snoop is the best. Snoop is definitely more popular than, let's say, Buster, but I think Buster is probably a little bit more technical than Snoop. I mean, it all depends on how you look at it in, in the times of whatever, you know. Uh, I I wouldn't even put them in the same category if you just, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't look at a Snoop Dogg the way I look at a Busta Rhymes. Yeah, they, they, they two, two different di- artists. It's just too different, you know what I'm saying? And, and Busta got just as much respect as Snoop Dogg in, in in my nigga lane. You know what I'm saying? Dog got his massive mm-hmm. appeal with people. So do Buster. So it, to me, when you do shit like that, it's just a difference. It's just your opinion. And it shouldn't be taken, you know, to, to you know, uh, heart of, of, what, of what, you know, somebody else might feel. Because I'm pretty sure I like a motherfucker and I might say somebody is better than what his opinion of what the next nigga might be. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's, just, it's just all this what it is, man. And people shouldn't get all caught up in other people's opinions, especially when it comes to who's the greatest rapper of all time or who's the greatest basketball player of all time. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, a lot real. of that shit is going around right now. Mm-hmm. You know, who's the greatest? Is it LeBron? Is it Michael? You know, who's the greatest rapper? They got Jay-Z on top, but then somebody might say it's Lil Wayne and somebody might say it's Snoop Dogg and then you might get technical and say it's Kendrick hey, or let me it's ask, J. Cole. Let me ask you a question, man. Do you think that sometimes Jay may get props because I do think Jay is definitely one of the top five rappers probably in the world, you know, in the world of hip-hop. That's my opinion. I think he's definitely, I think he's definitely up there. I think um, it gets a little sketchy when you start talking about a top five. But if I had to say who the top rapper was just based on everything, man, as far as influence and just cultural impact, I got to say probably Lil Wayne, dog, is probably the number one rapper of all time. Right about now. And I know that may be hard for a lot of people to swallow, but look at all the sons he got out there. You feel what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just like from Lil Uzi Vert to um, all these other little cats that don't grew their hair out and got dreads and danced around and acting like they high all the time. You, you feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just I, I think as far as influence, man, you know, some people might be out there like still on lost his motherfucking mind, but that's just from what I see. He had a run. Lil Wayne had him a hell of a run. He's been doing it since he's been 16. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it all depends on how you look at it because I, I'm i not getting into that category of who is the fucking greatest of all time. Who you think the most overrated motherfucker of all time is? Shit, it's a gang of them motherfuckers. 
It's too many of them to name. Let's speak on it though. It's too many. It's too many to name. And see, I'm not a nigga who causes controversy about trying to name niggas because that's how you get a gang of shit started. Because a lot of times, I believe your opinion should stay to your fucking self. Really, if it's just yours. Now, if people want to blast who they feel is the best, but me. I ain't got time for that game because that game leads you down a different road, mm -hmm. especially I play in that game. You get me? Mm -hmm. I'm in that field. So for yeah, me so to you sit say up some and go, get oh, this, as nigga, hell. this nigga right here, I don't know why niggas listen to this motherfucker. You get me? <laughs> and that's how I feel about some motherfucking rappers, but I keep that to myself because niggas is trying. And they trying their best, and they trying to, they trying their best, man. And you know, and it could be a motherfucker that's popular as fuck to some people. But I don't listen to a lot of shit. I, I really just, you know, I try to, you know, stay up on, you know, who's who and what's what. But you know what I'm saying? I'm an old school nigga. I don't hate on new the new shit because, like mm -hmm. I say again. When you got a when you got a seventeen eighteen year old in the house, then you you hearing everything, you know what I'm saying. But then I'm starting to hear my son play shit like "Whose World Is This" by Nas, and he playing yeah. he playing big. I heard him bumping Biggie the other day. You get me? So you just never know. Music could catch you. You get me? I'm still playing oldies and shit. You feel me? Yeah. I, and, and I'm still playing Tim Prees and Delphonics and shit like that. But then I'll go bump some Scarface. And then if I hear something interesting from a new cat, I'm going to bang that. Yeah, for real. I, I, I don't get caught up in that old and young nigga shit either. I guess if the music is hot, because I, I fuck with Lil Dirt. I fuck with all them little dudes, you know, that's doing their thing. Everybody has their, and you have a right to have that. You gotta ha you got a right to have your own opinion about who you feel, you know what I'm saying, who who you feel is the greatest of all time. You had this question asked about a gang of shit, who you feel is the best boxer of all time, you know what I'm saying? A lot of motherfuckers be like, Tyson used to knock motherfuckers out, but then people would be like, shit, Muhammad Ali was the shit, and then people would be like, Sugar Ray Leonard was the shit, and so... Everybody has their different lane. People get caught up when they start, you know what I'm saying, when a motherfucker at these certain spots, you get me, and these certain magazines and shit like Billboard, you know, people get mm -hmm. caught up because everybody reads Billboard and they check it for the charts and all that shit. So now when somebody at Billboard go, here's the top 50, motherfuckers is looking at that like, oh, that's the Holy Grail Bible a motherfucker just put out. You get me? Yeah, and for that's real. that's just another motherfucking nigga's opinion. That's yeah, it. for real. You know, speaking of um, opinions and shit, you said you ain't watched the Chris Rock comedy special yet. No, I, right? didn't, I didn't watch the Chris Rock. I watched it, man. I, I thought it was funny as hell, man. A lot of people disagree with me. It seemed like I'm getting mixed results. Like, people is kind of like 50-50 on it. I've been hearing that, too. I've been hearing mixed, you know. Some people said it was good. Some people said it was, ah. You know, I, I didn't watch it. You know, I think I'm motherfuckers really just knows they wanted him to talk about Chris Rock, the, the, the whole him getting slapped a little bit more because mm. he didn't talk about it until the last ten minutes of the um of the, of the, um of the event. I I guess I mean, how would you feel? Would you feel like you needed to speak on that still, 
or what you feel you just need to get back to the regular program? Well, again, he didn't speak on it until the last 10 minutes of the concert, right? Right. So I think people probably wanted him to expound on that longer, but it was only to me so much you was going to say about it unless you go whoop this motherfucker's ass. That's the way It ain't I, really too much to talk about. I mean, I guess it's comedy, and it's supposed to be taken as, you know, humorous, but I didn't take the... I didn't take that very. I didn't take it humorous. The Will Smith shit. Yeah, I'm in the opinion of nigga. If you still talk about it and you still butthurt about it, then you need to go get him up. Yeah, and I. That, yeah. That's just the way I feel about it. You know, what I'm saying shit happened. You know, it was disrespectful to you, and you know, on the stage you was on. You know, again, you know, they always saying how us niggas, you know, do some dumb shit. You know, uh, but. If 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 nothing has transpired, but fuck it, what some months or a year down the road, I'm gonna be making jokes about it, and mm. you know, I watched this movie just to see him get his ass whooped. That wasn't funny to me. Well, you know, one of the things he talked about was um, Will Smith being obviously bigger than him, man, and this and that, and he said that his wife, he called his wife a bitch. You know what I'm saying? So, I, you know, I, I was sitting up wondering at home. I'll bet you Will Smith at home, like, I'm going to whoop this motherfucker's ass when I see him. This motherfucker really still playing with me. I mean, I, do you, I, and I get it. Like I said, it's his little special. He's a comedian. He's got to do the comedian shit, right? Mm -hmm. um, but how far do you take the shit? Well, he don't got slept. I guess he <laughs> feel like he got license to take this shit as far as he motherfucking want to go. <laughs> As far as, his, as, far as his saying, ass want to take it. It got slapped, and really, you know, your, your retaliation to that is I'm the bigger person, right? Mm. Fuck it. But now I'm like, I'm watching the Slave movie to get him, see him get his ass whooped. Like, that was a little bit off to the side for me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to watch no Slave movie. And see a motherfucker get his ass whooped. And I wouldn't take that. That wasn't too much of a joke to me. So it just kind of caught me off guard. Motherfucker, you could have said anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what, though, man? The, the thing is, all of these motherfuckers be in their feelings about shit. It, it's, it's, it, it, I, you know, I had to learn how to. You got to learn that shit, though, still. I guess we all have learned to. Um, not take shit so personal. You get me? You can't take it personal. How many times have you have your wife told you, you know, don't sweat that shit? Or your homie told you, oh, man, let that shit go away. Man, I let shit slide all the motherfucking time, man. And I'm going to tell you this, man. This is a motherfucker. I want to whoop his ass so motherfucking bad, dog. But it's just not worth it. I mean, because you, I mean. It's just not, it's not worth it at the end of the day. And at the end of the day, man, we adults. And in order for you to let somebody get you in a we place. We all had the rah-rah days, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, toted pistols and, you know, jump out, fight a nigga. And, you know, as soon as a nigga open his mouth, you know what I'm saying? But I think we done did enough of that shit. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing. It's like it has to be enough because it comes at some point, man, to where in order for me to feel that way about a motherfucker. Now, don't get me wrong. You still whoop a nigga's ass. Yeah. You have to. I mean. But you, that, that means you got to have, that means you got to really care just, about that motherfucker. That's though. just near here or there. Now, nigga thinking, can whoop all the day. Yeah. Right? 
Niggas woof all the time. You could let a nigga woof all day. But I've always, I've always, you know, been on the shit is, nigga don't swing, you ain't talking about shit. So unless you swing, all the chatter is just chatter. So and if it's just going to be a gang of chatter, we might as well just stop the bullshit and just go about our business. Yeah. You, you know what it is, though, man? Hey, and this is one thing that I've learned in me getting older, and I would like to think wiser, right? In order for me to be invested enough to go f- try to physically fight a motherfucker, that means I have to care about him first to an extent. And that almost means you almost saying that you care more about that motherfucker than your freedom. Because if you go do something to a motherfucker, because, see, when you fighting, it's a difference between fighting as a grown-ass man and fighting as a little kid. Shit get personal because it ain't just like you scrap a motherfucker up and he just walk away. Some motherfuckers is coming back. Some people can't take that. They say, oh yeah, this motherfucker don't embarrass me. He's gonna come back and get me because I know if I do get in a fight with a motherfucker, now it's going to the end. I'm not playing with nobody because it's gonna take a lot to get me there. Yeah, that's what I say, man. We've, We've had to deal with a lot of that shit you know what I'm saying? And and like I say, a lot of times, you know, niggas sell a lot of wolf tickets and you ought to be able to let that shit bounce off because you'll find yourself shooting at a motherfucker because a nigga woofing too motherfucking much. You know what I'm saying? A nigga them lit your fire so motherfucking bad, you just ready to do away with a nigga. But we, we I think growing up, we done dealt with a lot of that. And so when niggas talk and niggas have opinions about you, it's just best to let a nigga talk. Now, younger generation, you know, it is what it is because we already know how that happens. Um, a rapper have an opinion about your song nowadays, it's going to come to fisticuffs or it's going to come to pistols. You know, a lot of niggas More dying, than likely pistols. A lot of niggas dying nowadays, you know, in our, in our game because, you know, niggas are highly over-opinionated about shit and... It's just like, nigga, I don't even know that nigga, but fuck that nigga. It's shit whack, it's shit weak, who this nigga, you know. It's just crazy, man. But like I said, we lived the young shit before, too. So I kind of understand where the youngsters come from. Because like I said before one time, you get that mentality that a nigga can't tell you shit. And niggas don't know how to take that, especially youngsters. You know, a nigga get up there and tell him, oh, nigga, your shit whack or your song is weak or y'all weak over there, your crew mm-hmm. ain't shit or your beats is nasty. That that shit, that's that's worse right now than, than gangbanging on a nigga set or some shit. Nigga be ready to take your motherfucking ass out for over your opinion. Yeah, man, it, and it's crazy out here, man. You know, speaking of young people, man, what you think of this John Morant shit? Uh... I don't know where little little homie from. Um, from from what is being you know, you know floating around, they say my nigga came from the burbs, you know. Um, but I don't know what his life was growing up. You know, was he a hood nigga? Did he grow up in the hood? Was he influenced by hood niggas? You know what I'm saying? Was his daddy a hood nigga? You know. Um, Sometimes youngsters gravitate to that shit. You know, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's fascinating to gang bang, man. It's fascinating to be associated with a set 
and you know homies and you know and and that affiliation that love is what a lot of niggas you know be on with that and all he did was flash a pistol right they say he flashed a pistol they say he been throwing up the sea a lot you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so because it's not the first incident you get me now my nigga, you know, he benched because, you know, he was in the club. They was wilding out. I mean, it wasn't like he was pointing it at the camera and shit. Like, you know, I think he was holding it up like this, you know. Mm-hmm. But you still in the club. You it's, Yeah, and at the but, end. But of, again, he young still. Yeah, so. he young. But you know what? That motherfucker making a lot of money with making all that you know, paper it, become it, a big it, responsibility. Me, but, but listen to what I'm saying, though, eight. He out there flashing the gun, right? Mm-hmm. He know he out, there, he out there flashing the pistol, man. You play for the NBA, my guy. Yeah. It's not like I think what the problem is with these young football players, these young basketball players, is they want to be rappers. They are very influenced by that shit. I had to tell my own son, man, take that shit out your mouth. Take that. You're not no fucking rapper. Yeah, You're a football they, player. I mean, they the rap game influences. I mean, it influences... And sometimes it's not all for the better because, I mean, the same shit with me. I mean, like you, we got sons, you know what I'm saying? They got their Beats headphones on or they got their whatever and they got their boom boxes and whatever. Mm-hmm. And you hear what they bumping, you know what I'm saying? They bumping the, they bumping the hood niggas of their generation shit. They bumping the little babies and the NBA young boys and all them type of niggas and mm-hmm. them niggas is representing the block. And they want to fuck with and and they want to fuck with that lifestyle so bad. And I be telling them it ain't what the fuck you think it is. All that shit is I mean, fucking imaginary. It's a, it's imaginary. I grew up in that shit. I was gang banging and I grew up in it. And I tell my son like all the time like it, it wasn't fascinating. It's imaginary. All that shit is an image portrayed on television and in the magazines. I was out there trying to serve and, you know, niggas coming through dumping. Every other night we handcuffed, getting thrown in the holding tank. You know, you not thinking it's no motherfucking hope. You know what I'm saying? When you 16, 17, nigga, and all you know is gang banging and niggas getting shot at, killed, and drug selling. And, you know, that's that was it. Y'all have a path today. You get me? Mm-hmm. Niggas had all that shit they got today. The training schools and the trainers and the and workouts. All that other shit. All that good <laughs> shit. All that good shit, man. Shit, they up here motherfucking living their life. Talking about being a, fucking, being a fucking rapper. And that's what I had to explain to my son. I said, dude, that lifestyle that the rapper is portraying in his videos and on television, that's like a movie set. That is not real. They not really, you know, because if you ask the average young nigga to play football or basketball, they think motherfuckers is just chilling around in a room somewhere with broads, just walking around with bottle service exactly. and all kind of yeah, shit. Yeah. It's like, that's such bullshit. No. No, that's a hard life you, you come from when, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, there's a lot of perpetrators who didn't come up that hard, who, you know, but for the most part, the story of the hood rapper is the struggle nigga. You get me? Dad was in jail. You know, 
moms was on drugs or, you know, we was living in poverty and, you know, and you was living in the hood and, and your homie him banging and he claiming the set, so you might as well, and that's the struggle. You ain't the struggle, really, when you got mom and dad at home and you living in a nice area and you don't got to go through none of that. You ain't got to go out there at, at, on the block at 12 o'clock at night trying to slang motherfucking pieces just mm-hmm. to be able to eat. And you got a full course meal waiting for you when you come home from school. You get yeah, me? Real. That type of shit. You don't struggle to have a dream of, damn, nigga, I'm out here. What the fuck am I going to do? I have no idea what's going on. Motherfucker, your shit is, you set. Now you going to training every day. You've been playing football, basketball, or baseball since you was three or four. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have that set up. Yeah, we I wonder why that is, man, that motherfuckers that was raised in the suburbs want to be a thug so motherfucking bad, it's dog. It's fascinating still. It's still fascinating. I don't understand that That's shit. just like when we started, when, when niggas started rapping back in the days and and the white people, you know, they, you know, they was on they shit, but then next thing you know, they kids start putting on Raiders caps and T-shirts and shit. It influenced the motherfucker. It's, it's the same shit. Mm-hmm. The kids that grow up in suburbia now, they see, you know, the little babies with all the platinum chains on, pulling up in the Rolls Royce, all the bitches around. They see the NBA young boys talking about, nigga, I'll brr, brr, a nigga up and whoop de And they, nigga, they around the house like, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It influences motherfuckers. That shit is that shit crazy. It's crazy because you waking up in a nice bed, warm house every day, you eating every day, and a nigga telling you, I'm out here killing niggas, and I'm in the struggle, and I had to sell dope, and I've been to jail 50 times, and the homie so-and-so got killed, and them niggas up there like, Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> loving that shit. They loving that shit. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough. But these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses By 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. 
Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk, get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You don't fuck with the BMF shit, do you? I've been watched it. The homie Rich, he loves the BMF shit. Oh, he calls me every day and tells me the new episode. To, he loves BMF. You gotta watch that shit. Kind of, yeah. it's, it's kind of interesting right now because I know it's the dude, um, the Blue Da Vinci cat is um going around making his rounds to refute everything that's going on in the movie now. Oh, is that right? Yeah, you know, whenever they have, you know, whenever they come out with these, like, kind of, like, biopic type things, right. it's always going to be a motherfucker oh, that was yeah, a part of this shit that's going to come, hell no, that's bullshit, that's not how that happened, that's not how this happened, because everybody got their own version of the shit that they live. They ain't necessarily wrong. No, everybody has their own insight on how they felt, you know, the workings of that shit was, and, you know, 
anybody who claimed that they was around at any certain time, you know, it might have been this era, that era, it don't matter. If they feel like, you know, I was there and saw the workings there, of course, their story is going to be always different. I guess That's why that, we always have different biopics of the same shit. Yeah, I mean, motherfuckers told the story of Malcolm X or Martin or the story yeah, or whatever. Yeah, because everybody got their own version of that shit. Everybody got their own fucking version. You they know got their own version. You don't fuck with Snowfall either, do you? I, f- I was fucking with Snowfall. Shout, shout out, you know, rest in peace, John Singleton. John Singleton gave me my first, you know, soundtrack work when I did uh, Growing Up in the Hood for Boys in the Hood movie. So... When Snowfall came out, I definitely was on uh, the, the the series. Uh, I seen John uh, somewhere. I don't know. We was at a party or club somewhere. And right before he passed, he had invited me down to the set. And I was supposed to go down there. But unfortunately, you know, he had passed. Mm-hmm. And that shit was crazy. So he, yeah. you, you probably would have wound up in that motherfucker. Shout out, like I said, shout out to John Singleton. Rest in peace. Always do good projects, man. And especially when it comes to telling our story, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He's always done good picks, man. And I would say for the most part, man, since he's died, to me they've done a good job of maintaining the integrity of the script. Yeah, because sometimes it loses mm-hmm. integrity, especially when the when the dude's vision that brought it to light is not, you know, there no more, unfortunately. But, you know, it, it's been going strong, man. It's yeah. been going real strong. And the crazy part about it is a lot of them people that's the main characters in the cast ain't even from L.A., not alone, not from L.A., they from England. But they so convinced, and even the Franklin St. James dude even walked like he's from L.A. And that shout-out to the oh, homie definitely. Dub. That shout-out to the homie Dub C and the homie C.J. Mack. You know, exactly. they're doing a lot of the... um. The, uh, the, the, the script supervisor. Of, yes, yes. They're doing a lot of the script supervisor stuff to make sure them cats is on point as far as the way they're doing something. So you definitely got to commend them on that because that's all him and Doug. Definitely. That's all him and Sometimes Doug. Sometimes you need that real insight instead of trying to create it on your own. I mean, you know, it's good that they reach out to, you know, people like Dub and, and uh, you know, CJ because, you know, um, like I said, we lived a lot of this shit. So who better than to tell the story than the people who walked the streets and lived it mm-hmm. and know, you know, what's real and what's not real. You know that, what I'm saying? And that's for sure, man. You know, um, I know Rick Ross was real salty about that. Not the rapper Rick Ross, but the real Rick Ross. Yeah. He was salty because he felt like they had, you know, impeded upon his life story without I including mean, them. It kind of, you know, it kind of, takes that route a little bit. I mean, if you really look at it, um, if you know the story of Rick Ross, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, Freeway Rick is what we'll call him so we don't get people confused. Um, I mean, especially cats from L.A., we all knew the story of Freeway Rick. So I can, you know, I can, I can kind of, you know, see where he coming from there, especially with watching the story. But the same mm-hmm. thing happened with him with, with, you know, the rapper shit with Rick Ross and the name and all that shit, mm-hmm. you know. It, it's not like, unfortunately, it's not like too many people going, you know, try to give my nigga credit, or you know what I'm saying, because they still look at it as the shit negative of what he took place in. Mm-hmm. So, you know. It ain't like a motherfucking judge or something is gonna be kind of you know on your side. On your side, you know, because knowing you, your past history, you, you know, know, with all the dope, because he wasn't the only one by any means that was selling dope in South Central LA, but he sold a whole lot of it. 
Oh, yeah. Like I said, if you from L.A. and you are old school, and even if you new school, you know the story of Freeway Rick. You know what I'm saying? That's so what I'm saying. And he was one of them dudes. And so he probably not going to get too much sympathy because you can almost say the crack epidemic, man, destroyed, it decimated the black community, man. It fucked a whole bunch of good neighborhoods up. I saw it happen, dude. Oh, Definitely. You know, like I said, being right here in L.A. as a as a kid, you know, around that time in the early '80s, shit, that it, it was vicious. Cause didn't it seem like the neighborhood was already kind of teetering a little bit, but it was still nice in a certain way. And it was like when that crack hit, it's like the homie that would have had a job in a nice car that was a cool dude turned into a fiend. It was, a, and and then then it it was. If, if that happened, you know, you would see you would see motherfuckers you went to school with in high school, and you know the 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 the, the, the tough nigga, you know, the good football player, basketball player, or you see the bomb cheerleader or the baddest bitch in school mm-hmm. and shit. Now them motherfuckers strung out and high as a motherfucker. So it did it did turn a lot of motherfucking people, you know. And it fucked the streets up because it was it was lucrative, man. Yeah. You know, for for young cats like myself who, you know, was in that era of, you know, uh uh poverty stricken and, you know, living in Compton and, you know, trying to make ends meet and, you mm. know, single parent home and shit like that. Hell yeah. It it influenced you, especially when you could get out there and make you a couple of hundred dollars a night. And if you was good with it, you was making a couple of thousand. So. Yeah, for real. Hey, you you know, you being in the rap game, because you would start blowing up around the time BMF and them would start taking off. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have any encounters with them that they ever fuck with you? Nah, I never had any encounters. Like I said, I was... In my era, man, we just, you know, I stay, you know, um, I didn't really fuck with too many people. You stayed the fuck away from me. Even though, you know, I fucked with a lot of people, on a personal level, I just didn't fuck with too many people. Because you had to be very cautious, just like you have to now. You had to be very cautious of the motherfuckers you was around and who you knew, who who knew where you lived, all that shit. Uh, It's not a cliche, man. Motherfuckers would have got your ass. And in in that era of of gang banging and rapping and all that shit, you just got enemies on the strength. Yeah, for sure. You just got enemies on the strength, man, of 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 just from the gang era. You know what I'm saying? So now that you turn into rappers and shit like that, it still don't mean nothing. You still got enemies from way back. So, you know, you had to be very cautious how you moved, who you fucked with, and, and you know, where you laid your head at and shit like that. You had to be very limited about information like that. You know, from what we seen. Now today, I'm motherfucking Google up your shit real quick. Hell yeah. Go. And we seeing the shit that's happening with the cats like, um, the young thug cat and the gunner cat and all these cats, you know, catching Rico cases, right? Because if you one of them rappers and you like to hang out with the ballers and the D-boys and shit like that, you know, you could fuck around and find yourself a part of motherfuckers' conspiracy. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, now that they're taking, you know, uh, you know, it's it, I don't know, you know, they, they taking the rappers, they taking the lyrics and using them against them and shit. And be, but 
you know, some niggas ain't smart, you know what I'm saying? Some niggas are actually rapping about what they pulling off and what's taking place in their situation. So you got you gotta you gotta you gotta step, you know, real cautiously right now in this hip hop game, especially if you you know, portraying the image of being, you know, a true street motherfucker. And real street motherfuckers know what I'm talking about. Like a real nigga who's had his hand in the pot. You know, a real nigga who's been out there, you know, pistols and work and and just representing the hood. You know, um, that shit can get you caught up nowadays. Because like I said, nowadays dudes like to be a little braggadocious about they situations you know and niggas don't mind getting on you know they don't mind banging on wax you know nowadays nigga get on nigga get on wax today and they'll call you out and they'll talk about we'll pull up and you know we at your grandmama's house we at your mama's house <laughs> we, we we it don't matter where you at where you at the studio where you at the club that's how it go nowadays niggas have no problem in going here's my location so come through I don't know if it's just to prove toughness or, you know, you want to have that reputation like we ain't to be fucked with. You get me? So that's how really it is. It is today with a lot of the young cats, you know, um, niggas want to really show they 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 block affiliation or, you know, fuck this rap shit, nigga. We can, you know, we can do, we can draw pistols or we can get them up, you know, whatever, you know. So I think niggas have, are really, they really sensitive on showing they, you know, my, my loyalty to what I say. You know, if I rap about nigga, I pull a Draco on you and I send 30 shots at you, then... Most of the time, some of the niggas is real about it. You're here the next day. Oh, they caught so-and-so mm -hmm. up, and he had the AK in the back, and he shot at four five people. Well, you can tell they don't had a couple of these little niggas they don't picked up for murders and shit like that, dog. Yeah, they was going back-to-back -back for a minute. Like, yeah, you know, motherfuckers is getting arrested. Like, damn, this dude don't, like, one of these motherfuckers my son used to listen to, man, a kid from Florida, man, this motherfucker killed all kind of motherfuckers. Say so he was riding around in the car with a dead body or some shit like that. But it, but then you know what I'm saying coming from you find that, that shit, man. Coming from that shit, it's unfortunate that you know some of my niggas can't enjoy the fruits of the labor because because of wanting to you know not even prove, but just wanting to show a motherfucker that you know. I'm just as, you know, I'm really from this life. I'm really about this. So it's unfortunate that, you know, now it's like more than ever because it's a lot of control by a lot of the youngsters, man. And a lot of the <laughs> youngsters want to prove that, you know what I'm saying, uh, whether it's rap or whether it's the block they claim or whatever. Nigga, we just harder than you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for real. I got to go out. And I got to, after I come out the studio, if I got to go out and I got to go dump on a nigga, then fuck it. That's what we do because we bought that life and it ain't no bullshit. But it's unfortunate because when you're trying to transition, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, you you want to transition. You don't want to be, you know what I'm saying? You don't want to be coming off the basketball floor and then going to the hood still claiming the hey, block. You, you don't want to come out the studio. It's shit, funny like. <laughs> what you're saying, my nigga. You know, all this shit we talking about tonight, you're not going to believe this. 
Ex-NBA star Sean Kemp booked on felony drive-by shooting charge. Former NBA star Sean Kemp was arrested tonight, Wednesday, and booked in the Pierce County Washington Jail in connection with a drive-by shooting. Tacoma police said an altercation between occupants of two vehicles near the Tacoma Mall led to shots being fired early Wednesday afternoon. No injuries reported, and one of the cars fled the scene, according to a release from the police department on social media. A gun was recovered, and an investigation is ongoing. Online records for Pierce County show that Kemp, 53, was booked on a felony drive-by shooting charge at 5.58 p.m. local time, about four hours after the incident. Kemp was a six-time NBA All-Star who played 14 seasons in the league, including eight with the Seattle Supersonics, who selected him 17th overall in the 1989 draft. Now, this motherfucker is 53 years old. What the fuck is he out there doing drive-by shootings for? When somebody done road rage pissed him off. That, that shit is, he ain't out there banging or nothing like that, but like I said. But the way they put it, though. Now, I wonder, if, had that been a white cat, had that been a white guy, what they called it, it had just been a regular shooting, but since he was black, they said it was a drive-by. They yeah, said it's Sean Kemp out there committing drive-bys yeah, in the you mall. Know you put a dick in the vehicle, and he <laughs> soon as <laughs> you know, you put a dick in the whip, and soon as he pull off, and he get into a confrontation with a dick, and he start busting out the car. They gonna say that's a motherfucking drive-by. Man, them motherfuckers a nigga. That ain't no motherfucking Caucasian. That's a nigga. Now, if it was a Caucasian or something else, then it probably would have been a car-to-car shooting or ra- road rage. So That's exactly the white, what they would have so called So you're saying it. a white dude would have just got the fuck up out the car and went and shot a motherfucker? It's just road rage. He, he if, if, if it would have been the same scenario, it would have been road rage. Okay? That's what it would have been. It wouldn't have been titled a drive-by shooting. That's some nigga shit. That's what they label as niggas on some. So they said, Sean Kipper, out there motherfucking banging on a nigga. And that's what it sound like to a motherfucker to read that headline. You go think, man, what the fuck Sean Kemp out there um, pulling drive-bys off of motherfuckers? He out there who banging? Yeah, you hit him with the double S on him, nigga, real quick. Supersonics, (laughs) nigga, and then boom, 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 boom. (laughs) You know, this shit shit ain't funny, my nigga. (laughs) No, it's not because, you know, but that's that's like you said, the news media and and because of I don't know, like I said, why would you call that a drive by shoot? It's it's a car to car shooting, it's road rage shooting, it's whatever. But I guess the scenario is because he in the car, black with the pistol, he drove by some niggas and started busting. So nigga drive by. And this is what they say, this is what the police say at one fifty eight eight PM. An altercation between the occupants of two cars led to shots being fired at a parking lot in a 4500 block of South Steel Street. Oh, they was on my street. So what, they, so what you call that, if it, a car-to-car altercation and then shots fired? Yeah. That's no some road rage. And ain't nobody got hit. A gun was recovered. A 53-year-old male was booked for drive-by shooting. <laughs> the investigation is ongoing. <laughs> they just sound like they make it sound like Sean Kemp was at the end of the parking lot to put his rag over his face. Yeah, and told the homie hit the gas. Yeah, he said he hit the gas. Up. They saw them niggas inside the mall. They gonna follow them. They see what car they get in, so they follow them niggas when they get ready to pull out the parking lot. Sean Kemp pull up on the side, nigga. You know what it is? 
doom, 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 doom. And they ain't hit no motherfucking body. They said, what, no, what, nobody getting hit, man? <laughs> my, my nigga did. He nigga need to go to the shooting range. Man, Sean Kemp need to go get his AARP card and go sit his old ass down some motherfucking where. Talk about, you know, there's some shit that, like, but that's what I mean, though, that's the said, I saw them niggas coming up out the mall, nigga, and I'm about to let them know. Them niggas heckled me like 20 years ago when I was playing it. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker out here shooting at motherfuckers in the parking lot at the mall, man. This shit sound crazy. <laughs> nigga, they heckled me at the game one time, nigga. I remember him. Man, you can make this shit up. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy, and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises, or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Have you heard any of the Millie Mills records recently? Like some of the new shit he's been trying to do? Nah, nah. I haven't heard any of the new shit. Man. I'm going to tell no. you this. And the opinions on this you show. listen to it, right? I've heard it. Okay. And I'm going to give somebody a disclaimer. The opinions on this show are, are that of our own. My opinions are my opinions. Don't get on eight's page talking shit to him about some shit I don't say it on here. Because I don't give a fuck. Eight care. I ain't no motherfucking rapper. I ain't got to like y'all niggas. Nah, you, you know, I try to be courteous with a nigga. And because I come from this motherfucking field, so I know how it is to make, you know, decent music and try to struggle with, with you know, just trying to come up with decent and good material that motherfuckers are going to be interested in. And, you know, and no disrespect to Melly Mel, but, you know, when you, you know, when you've been in the marathon a long time, Sometimes you can fall off and lose a little stamina. You know, my nigga be in the gym, though. He be working out. He, but He be puffed up like a motherfucker. But sometimes, you know, um, and I'm not one to say, uh, you know, a nigga should put down the mic and retire and shit like that because of your age. Because I'm the type of motherfucker that if you can do what you do and you love it and... Uh, you got motherfuckers to telling you, you know, we respect it and, you, you know, we want to hear you, then do it. It don't matter. Well, Melly Mel giving his opinion. We going to be fair about this shit. I'm going to play you a, 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 the last Melly Mel verse I heard. I'm, I'm going to show you some shit. You have to be able to adapt to the times a little bit. You get me? Now, it's one thing in having your little signature thing you do, whatever. Like, you know, niggas know I'm Gia, you know, that's my little shit. Um, but your shit still can't sound like you rapping in 1980 when you're trying to compete in 2023. You get me? And I don't give a fuck who you are. Um, not saying that, you know, your subjects can't be talking about a situation you want to display from the past or whatever, but you have to be able to deliver shit that people going to be able to get into. And that's just one thing about me. You know, if you want to be able to have an opinion and compete in this day and age, it's one thing to have the respect of being one of the pioneers or whatever. But if you still want to get in this motherfucking arena and play around, you can get your ass socked too. 
You get me? Mm-hmm. And that's just how it is. If you want to be able to compete and you got to be able to hang, you got to come up with new shit to be able to at least mm-hmm. get some of these people to be interested and listen to but, you. But let's see what Melly Mel working with right now. Was that him with the Nigga, that's the that's the signature raw. Man, if you go go up there doing the ugly the booger, you need to keep your motherfucking mouth closed about the little homies, dog. And tighten up your own shit. It's like I got the ultimate respect for Melly Mel, man. The ultimate respect for him for what he's done. The message is probably one of the best hip hop verses of all time, dog. Yeah, the the message was was something like, you know, uh I considered the message one of those records that, you know, um got me to want to go on that path of of telling hood tales. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They talked about the poverty and going to school and not learning shit and basically they era as mm-hmm. far as trying to be, you know, black and whatever. But this era is different. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, you can have an opinion about, you know, Kendrick or M or, you know, but there's a lot of motherfuckers who think they great. You get me? And it's proven in their their music, their sales. You know, people, you know, flock to their concerts. You get me? Um, it's just unfortunate that, you know, some people have those opinions where they feel, you know, they should be mentioned higher. And sometimes you just got to be, you know, you just got to be proud of what you've accomplished and what you've been able to leave as far as a hip-hop legacy concerned. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because, you know, I'll never diss the Grandmaster Melly Mel, man. I'm one of the motherfucking forefathers of, of hip-hop, and that should be... You know, that should be your comfort lane right there. And that's Look it, Look at man. all what has come from me being a part of this era that started and look at where it is now. You know, you got motherfuckers. You got niggas rapping about all kind of shit right now. You mm-hmm. get me? Niggas got all kind of different styles and that all started because of, of niggas like y'all. You get me? Yep, and ain't nobody got mad at you one time, big homie, for you doing your ugga booger. And I'm I'm not I'm not the disre you know what I'm saying, not saying disrespectful type, because there's a lot of niggas out here who don't give a fuck about the nigga who came before them. You know, and I never want to be in that position, whether your opinion is your opinion or not. Whether if you feel Kendrick is the 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 the, the thousandth rapper of all time, whether you feel like Eminem shouldn't be on the list because he's white, mm-hmm. whether you feel like a nigga who used auto-tune like Lil Wayne shouldn't be recognized. They are loved by who loves them. Yeah, them dudes sell a lot of records. And that's where you should take pride in going some shit that we started has evolved all the way to shit. It's a gang of white boys now rapping. Mm-hmm. You get me? It ain't just remember back in our days, it wasn't nothing but motherfucking vanilla ice. Man, Eminem's ass. The you Beastie know what, Boys man? and shit. And by this time, man, if we don't want to acknowledge that Eminem is a bad motherfucker dog, dude, you just a hater if you can't acknowledge that. The motherfucker can rap. The motherfucker he can rap. Do I let now now, like I said, do do I play? Eminem music, I've played songs, 
I used to bang the hell out of Slim Shady when it first came out. Mm-hmm. You get me? There's a gang of sh- shit I liked, and then there's a shit I didn't like. Mm-hmm. But and that's fair. It, it wasn't my it wasn't my position to go. Oh, this motherfucker can't rap because he a white boy. I mean, you had to get a nigga props. He could spit. Mm-hmm. Just spit like, like there's Lil Wayne songs that I liked from when he was with you know. Hot boys, the hot boys. You know, I, I banged the whole Hot Boys album. That shit was fire. The Hot Boys had the coldest shit ever. When I first heard them niggas' first album, when they had that shit, I'm on fire. No disrespect. Like I said, no disrespect to Lil Wayne, yeah. but nigga, BG is my nigga. Oh, BG, I some BG. Too. And I'm gonna tell you, what nobody fucking with Juvenile in that group back then. I listened to Juvie a little bit, but. I was a BG fan yeah, BG from is when hard. they was like, when him and Lil Wayne was like little kids busting. Yeah, them little like, motherfuckers hard. They was hard as a motherfucker. But didn't BG man. always sound like a grown ass man? When that, he was was hard. that nigga had that voice, man. That nigga was hard mm-hmm. as a motherfucker, man. You know, shout out to BG, free BG, man, right now. I think they saying he about to come yeah, on. Man, that, that was, like I said, I, I, it's just what you like, man. It's your preference of what you like. I'm a nigga who likes Scarface and BG and... You know, but I'm a I'm a nigga who liked the Tribe Called Quest and fucking LL Cool J and fucking Nas. I'm shit. I'm a nigga who liked it a little bit of Ti and a little bit of Jeezy at one point. You know, I liked motherfucking Souls of Mischief and and the Conscious Daughters. Oh yeah, I fuck with Souls of Mischief. You know what my favorite motherfucking song is from them motherfuckers? This is how we chill from '93 till. I mean, man. That was my shit. Music is 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 meant to satisfy the ear, man. You know what I'm saying? And it shouldn't even be a color line of nigga, cause I tell you right now, I play some Fleetwood Mac. I play some Pink Floyd. I turn around and play some motherfucking Roy Ayers and some motherfucking you know I there's Pink the, Floyd. There's, there's no fucking preference. Do you feel what I'm saying? You know what it is, eight. The era that we come from, dog. I think you got to remember we was we was before hip hop music was out there. Remember, I used to have motherfucking. I had Pink Floyd's album, The Wall. Yeah, because we didn't have no motherfucking music. It man. wasn't no music. I used to no play God. The Wall like a motherfucking. So you know, um, that and Blowfly. That's that's what you listen to, Johnny Guitar Watson or motherfucking, or I'd listen, you know, Rap Dirty or some shit like that. That's what we listen to. And then you had to listen to pop shit. It was a lot of pop shit floating around at Man, the time. Man, the motherfucker was listening to Cindy Lauper and everything Niggas else. Niggas was listening to Culture Club and all that So type motherfucker, of don't knock it off. Everybody's I mean, fucking you, with Culture Club. That's why I say, man, music was just meant to, if it sound good, motherfucker, it sound good. If it make you feel good and it's bumping, it don't matter. From like I said, from Snoop Dogg to motherfucking Eight to motherfucking Ronnie Jordan to motherfucking Cindy Lauper to motherfucking Fleetwood Mac to motherfucking Earth Wind and Fire. There shouldn't be a preference of what you should listen to. If you like it, you like it. And if you want to give motherfuckers your opinion about what you feel is the greatest music to you, mm. then that's your opinion. But don't get caught up because. Oh, the motherfucker from Billboard said this, or the motherfucker mm-hmm. from this paper said this, or the people from this motherfucking show said this. 
It's a gang of us who got different opinions. You get me? Gangster Chronicles going to have a different opinion than my niggas podcast next door. Mm-hmm. Uh, they going to have a different opinion than Eat My Taco. Eat My Taco is going to have a different opinion than, you know, but that's what the world is, man. You got the right to have that shit. Mm-hmm. So if Melly Bell want to say, hey, I don't think he should do this. I don't think you just like you said earlier. He asked the motherfucker asked him a question and he gave his answer to how he feel. Oh, you know, did you ever see that um when you talk about old school rappers and I'm late as a motherfucker on I just wanna know if you saw it. Did you see the big daddy came versus Karis one versus? No, I didn't see that. Man, Karis one lit big daddy Kane's ass up though. I've been a like I said, both of them niggas, I bang. Mm. You can tell me I you love didn't bang Big Daddy no, Kane. I hate to see you. Bang, you, you bang some Big Daddy Kane, especially the whole. I love no Big Daddy Kane. Album, he one of the, man. He one of the greatest. But Karis one is just a killer, motherfucking man. animal, though, dog. He wasn't playing on that motherfucker. He was really trying to battle. You know that. That's gonna make me go bump that shit right there. It seemed like Kane was coming out there just on some shit like. You try to step to me, I think you should know that. Ain't no. Did you see that shit, Brian? Stepping. The Karras one getting his ass. Kane. You see, it was closer? Man, I don't know. I think Karras. I, I love. I'm a Karras one fanatic, man. I love Karras one, dog. But I love Kane too, though. And then Kane was bang, nigga. That motherfucking album was the shit, man. I banged that whole album. You know what, man? I'm gonna ask you a question, right? You remember when the Ghetto Boys, when Willie D left the group, right? Yeah. Do you think that if Big Mike, Willie D, and Scarface got together and made a new Ghetto Boys album, it'd be the hardest Ghetto Boy album of all time? Right now? Yeah. I think it would be cracking. I mean, but you know, we have so much resistance from the young generation of our music, you know, um, it would really probably go well with our generation of of hip-hop fans, but it's just unfortunate that the youngsters, you know, sometimes don't, you know, like the representation that... uh, us as rappers had from the past. You get me? Um, no disrespect, but you know, the world's, you know, it's a lot of little Uzi Vert fans and it's a lot of little, you know, you know, little baby fans and NBA young boy fans and it's just that generation. You think they might have been gone for too long now? No, because, you know, um, like I said, you still have niggas like me around, niggas like you around. There's still niggas in our generation around that appreciate good hip-hop music. Hell so, yeah, I think it'd be hard. I think you know, Big Mike was a good addition to the group. Oh, man, shot, yeah, Big Mike was the shit. You know, even Just though... his solo project, something serious was the shit. Oh yeah, Big Mike done put out some classic-ass motherfucking music. We had to get him on here live and shit, man. Well, I think it's time for us to check out, man. We got to get some concrete, dog. Yeah, man, we going to get on this road, man. So, you know, y'all know what it is, man. Yeah, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you all to go click them links below and go check out our merch, all right? And we out of here. We go see you all next week. Well, that concludes another episode of the Gangster Chronicles podcast. 
Be sure to download the iHeart app and subscribe to the Gangster Chronicles podcast. For Apple users, find that purple mic on the front screen of your phone, subscribe to the show, leave a comment, and a rating. Executive producers for the Gangster Chronicles are Norm Steele, James McDonald, and Aaron MC8 Taylor. Our visual media director is Brian Wyatt. Show's audio editor is Taylor Hayes. The Gangster Chronicles is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia. Any questions or comments, hit us up at the Gangster Chronicles Podcast at gmail.com. Peace. Be safe out there. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears. Real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Moments like seeing my son's team cheer him on mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palbociclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. 
Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. 